Hello and welcome back to the Next Stage podcast by Web Summit. My name is Luke and today we're taking you inside the minds of business and cultural leaders from around the globe. It's Tuesday, so we're looking at some of the best and brightest minds that CollisionConf has to offer. So sit back, relax and listen in. We'll be hearing from leading minds and industry giants from all over the planet. Hey everybody, welcome to Collision. I am thrilled to have a great conversation today with the legendary Cindy Crawford. Cindy, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So let's, I want to, this is a tech conference and you're a celebrity and I want to talk about kind of the effect of technology and being a celebrity and a business person and in, you know, one of the uh, OG influencers of the world. Like what's going on right now? Tell, take me into like your world. Well, it's interesting because obviously when I started down this path of, um, you know, being a public figure and modeling, there was no such thing as influencer or social media. And it has definitely been um, a learning curve. And a lot of it I've actually been exposed to and learned through my children and finding different ways for me to understand it. I remember, um, I think when Twitter was the first one and, and I just didn't get it. It didn't resonate with me. And for me, Facebook was a thing where I thought like, wow, do I really want to reconnect with everyone I went to high school with? I'm not sure I do. But when Instagram came out, that was like my aha moment because it was pictures. It was like, oh, I, I get this. I understand this. Now, obviously, even Instagram has evolved from what, you know, was maybe more of a more personal reflections of what you wanted to share um, to now it really is like if you have any type of brand, you you definitely need to have a strong presence on Instagram. So it's been fun. I, I love learning. And what was kind of when you first discovered Instagram and its use, like what, what were some of your early experiments, I guess? Was it more personal or did you start like, do, thinking more of because you're you're an entrepreneur, you have your own, you know, your own brands, whether it's in beauty or in, in home goods. Like how did your, your kind of how did that that journey evolve? Well, it definitely started with just, um, wow, this is a fun way for me to be my own publicist in a way. I mean, I think so many celebrities are dependent on journalists and the press to to tell the world who they are so it's it's not as direct and when instagram came out i was like wow this is my opportunity to be funny people maybe don't think i'm funny um you know it's not models don't really get an opportunity to maybe show their personality or you know share little pictures of my children or whatever but as my following grew and i started to understand how it it's part of building your brand and telling your story, I definitely changed, you know, it, it, it definitely became a little bit more curated as if it was my own magazine. I mean, that's what I loved about it. It was like, okay, I get this. This is, um, and again, there will still be journalists who write things about me that may or may not be, um, you know, I think capturing who I am or what I want to say, but at least I have a chance to do it as well. I don't need that third person to do it for me. So I think in the beginning, yeah, I was sharing maybe, I mean, I still share some personal stuff, but, um, you know, I do think of it as like, I do have a skincare brand called Meaningful Beauty. And so I think about like, what is meaningful living? And, and I don't want to share every little aspect of my life because, I mean, if you give everything away, like you feel like there's nothing left for you. But then again, I see how a younger generation uses it very different than, someone of my generation, like, for instance, I, I had this discussion with my daughter, because sometimes they'll share, like, you know, I, I came from when you did a photo shoot, you know, the photographer will take 100 images. And 
most of them belong on the cutting room floor, but there's that one, right? That's that one. And so I'm used to editing in that way. And I'll see like my daughter and my son, they'll share like the imperfect moments as well. And I love that, but that's more their generation. You know, I still, you know, I still want it to be, I don't know. I have a certain lens that I want to see the world through and portray myself through. And, and I have an opportunity to do that. And that's be a big adjustment because I'm a I'm a Gen Xer, so I remember you know you like, like supermodels like you like at the time being you know you'd be seen seen and never heard right you'd be this is a mystique yeah. whether it's a splashy magazine ad or you're on a billboard or maybe there's a commercial where you say one or two words but then it's like kind of closed doors um, right. like what was it like then and then versus now where like people like you said like your daughter you're there maybe they're sharing their you know their breakfast cereal or you know all that that kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's it's good and bad. Look, like we certainly um, never thought about like this idea of model off duty and you weren't, you know, every what you wore to work out in and what you wore to get coffee in and what you wore to walk your dog in. Like we were not scrutinized in that way. And I think there was a freedom in that. But there's also a limitation in that, right? Like you're a two dimensional figure. I, I For me, probably when the transition for me happened is when I did MTV, I had a show called House of Style. And I, and I always thank MTV for letting me talk. It was an opportunity for me to show a different side of myself other than what people saw, you know, on the cover of a magazine or in a script that someone else had written for me. So I think that, you know, for my daughter, she has an opportunity to express her love of books and do a book club or um, highlight, you know, causes that she cares about. So I love that part of it. But I also see it as a whole nother element to the job. It's work. And I always refer to social media as like this hungry little animal that, that is never full. Like you just, it needs fed constantly. And I think that uh, kind of developing, learning my own rhythm for social media, what feels right to me. And at different times, I, if, if I have a lot of really interesting things going on, I'll, I'll feed it more often. This year has been tough, right? We've all been home. It's like how interesting... You know, how many times have you done this exact Zoom call with your exact bookshelf in the background, right? It's like not, it's not that exciting. So finding new ways to share or less ways to share. Also being aware of the, of, of the climate, what's happening in the world. Like it's, it's, I would share different things probably just understanding like, you know, a lot of people, you know, I happen to live in Malibu on the beach, which I love. And I actually posted a picture of me uh, on the beach um, this today, but being aware that like not everyone has, has that privilege, right. You know, during the last year. So it's, it's a dance and we've all made mistakes, you know? Yeah. You almost have to kind of, you have to like read the room, so to speak, with the room being the headlines of the world, because you don't want to seem the world. frivolous or out of touch when, you know, there's something very bad happening over here and you're like, Oh, I'm on the beach. That's a very like, do you like, do you have like, do you guys read the headlines really quick like every day like before you post, like make sure this is not you know, bumping up against something that the internet is going crazy on today or? I mean, I, I probably don't read the news. I'm more of like, I catch, you know, I watch, um, uh, like, I think it's called the world in 90 seconds on CVS this morning. And I, and I kind of am aware, and I also do have like a social media director and, and, you know, we coordinate because that's the other thing I, I had to learn is like when you post matters. You want a certain engagement, understanding who your followers are, what kind of content do they like. I mean, it really is, um, I think for, we're, we're all learning as we go. And as soon as you learn one thing, it all changes, right? Like TikTok, forget it. I haven't even attempted that one yet. 
And what and you know, coming from both those worlds, kind of the old school world, the new school world, like anyone who's watching right now that's looking to build a brand, whether they're an influencer, whether they have a tech startup, or or they might have a coffee shop, like what kind of what advice would you give someone who's ready to kind of jump into this, you know, world of of social media marketing? I know they're all doing it now, but what as kind of a veteran from that whole from the whole branding world, what what do you what would you say do and would you say avoid like crazy? Well, I definitely would say do, and I would say this even before social media, but having this digital marketing makes it even more true, is that there has to be integrity. People read through it now. You have to assume that your consumer, your, you know, whoever's watching, um, you know, whatever you're posting or, or presenting in ads or on TV, that there is truth in it. Um, there's more eyeballs on it. There's more verification. There's more interaction, you know, good and bad. You know, if you have a product and someone doesn't like it, you that's in your in your morning feed too. So you have to. So I think like, um, I think so much of my success has been that the things that I've aligned myself with are very truthful to who I am. I started out doing exercise videos because I found fitness to be very empowering for me. And then, um, you know, as I as I got older and. I had finished, I'd been with Revlon for almost 20 years. And I, instead of re-signing, I was like, this is my chance to do um, a skincare line, which I was passionate about. Because as a model, my main job was not doing my makeup, but it was because there's always makeup artists there to do that, but that it was really for me to take care of my skin so that I come in with a clean palette. So doing a, a skincare line was something I was super passionate about. And I think that that comes through and that resonates with my followers and my fans, you know, might not resonate with everybody. And, and I think also, and I talk to my kids about this a lot, just as a mother, because I think there's so much pressure on young people today, because when I was a kid, you compared yourself to the other kids in your high school, maybe the rival high school. Now young people are comparing themselves to literally every kid in the world and who's doing what. And I think that it feels overwhelming for them. And there's nothing you can do that's going to make everyone happy, right? The other day I posted a picture. I was, I was leaving a doctor's appointment and I posted a picture of me. I was walking to the parking garage and I went through this like just a natural wind tunnel and I took a little video and I was wearing a mask outside. Some people loved it. And then there's uh, some people hated it that I was wearing a mask outside. So it's like, no matter what, you aren't going to make everyone happy. And it, it just goes back to my point of integrity. You have to be happy with how you're presenting yourself in that way because it makes it easier to take the negative feedback. And you and talking about like that mentality of, you know, you said this, you know, if you want to, you know, doing social media marketing, it's a, a beast you have to keep on feeding. Um, and then, like you said, every time you post something that you think is you know, funny and just like a normal thing, you're getting people hating on you or maybe like it's, <laughs> and, I, and, and imagine like, you know, your daughter is in the same, you know, world and business. Like, how do you make sure that you don't let these things become like little like slices to your psyche kind of thing? Everything's, yeah, a, little, it's, everything's a little punch. It's tricky. And I think, um, you know, we all watched that social dilemma, right? This while we were all locked up in our homes and, and it definitely was thought provoking. I think even before social media, someone, um, actually my ex-husband who was an actor and he was famous before me, he, one of the things that he taught me about kind of being in the public eye is that in order to make the bad things not hurt, you also can't let the good things, 
build you up, right? It all kind of has to be neutral. And that's, again, it just goes back to it's an inside job. You have to be true to yourself. If someone likes it, that's great. If someone doesn't like it, that's great. Um, but it took me, I mean, it's taken me, I'm 55 years old. It's, it's still like one negative comment can like, it, it erases a thousand positive comments, even for me. So how do I help my kids through that? And really, I think we're learning together. That's tricky. Even as a, as a journalist from a couple of years ago, I remember everyone had comments turned on their, their articles and people were just like, I mean, you write a story and someone's like, oh, you're an idiot. I'm like, you didn't even read the story. But and I, right. I can't even imagine people commenting on like my lifestyle and stuff. Um, in terms of I want to go back to business because that's really interesting that, you know, you spent 20 years as a model and like as a, you know, uh, for these companies as, you know, spokesperson and also like a marketing vehicle to sell their products. And now suddenly you have your own line. So you're the boss. Um, like what was that mindset? And also how did you as like spending 20 years kind of on the front lines of the marketing of it, um, you know, with your literally with your face um, to like, OK, I'm going to create this brand. I'm going to create the marketing. I'm going to like how, how do you what, what did that what was like the good and bad of that? Well, I think the good thing for me was um, I, oh, I was a good student and I love being a student and I love learning. So even when I was, you know, just the model, I was paying attention and, you know, you're, I was fortunate. I was around like the most skilled photographers and marketing people and advertising people. And so if you, I was just a little sponge, you know, trying to soak it all up. And then when it was time for me to venture out doing my own projects, like an exercise video and then my skincare line, um, I was, it, and it did take a while, but I remember sitting in a board meeting and for my skincare line and, you know, there's people that can read a PNL better than me. And there's people that know like the, the metrics of like how they measure, like what the cost per order is and all this stuff. But I had like a little aha, aha moment where I was like, you know what? The one thing I am the world's expert on indisputable is Cindy Crawford, my brand. And, you know, and, and so I, I listen to everybody. I love input, but I also trust my gut. And, and again, that kind of goes back to what we were even talking about to, you know, like what you post, it's like, if it's true to you, if it feels right, if it resonates, I've been wrong by the way. And I'm the first to admit it. I think learning to work as part of a team and trusting it's hard, especially when it's like your little project and your little baby. Sometimes it's hard to let other people fly, like you want to control it. And that's probably something, those are some of the mistakes I've made in the beginning was maybe I was a little bit like, I'm trying to do, control everything myself and learning like, oh no, this person brings great value in this. And this person brings great value in that. Um, and even when I, I'll say to someone, you know, like, look, this is your field, this, you know, more than me, but I still need to express this, but doing it in a way that is just leaves the conversation open, not an edict for me or not me just taking what they're saying without me, at least having an opportunity to understand why they made that decision. And then they might hear the way I'm thinking and, and you know, it's a back and forth. Can you give me a couple examples of, of when you, how you took your company, your brand and kind of wanted to add that, you, know, your Cindy, you said the Cindy Crawford, the business of Cindy Crawford, how you added your own style or maybe your own mission or your own kind of taste, like a couple examples of you putting your own, you know, your own touch on things. Well, I would definitely say like, for instance, with um, my skincare line, when I decided to do a skincare line, I wasn't sure if I was going to sell retail, like more high end, more mass. And we ended up um, signing with Guthy Ranker, which was, you know, my opinion, the best infomercial company, but you know, infomercials, don't, you know, they, it, 
it was a little bit of a gamble going from the cover of Vogue to doing an infomercial, right? And, and I remember kind of going in there like, okay, everything you've done in the past, that's exactly what I don't want to do. Um, and I'm happy that I pushed, like I really pushed. We use a different kind of director, a different kind of style, much more what I'd learned from the world of fashion and brought that. Now, some of my choices were correct and it did, it did help us think out of the box. And some of mine were wrong. Like for, here's a perfect example. Like I don't like when things are priced at $49.99 or $39.99. I'm like, really? Why can't it just be 50? That penny for some reason does make a difference to the consumer and they could show me. And that's a great thing about working with a company like Gutty Ranker is they test everything and they can go, okay, we're going to show you why. And I mean, I'm smart enough to listen to the smart people who can show me, okay, you're right. That, that, $49.99 does make a difference to $50. So I've got, again, I think if you approach everything as a student and willing to learn, um, you, you can learn a lot and you also can, you can also question all the time. And quick, in, it's, in terms of the businesses, like we're all in COVID pandemic right now, hopefully it's getting better soon, but it went, you know, you come from the world of, of fashion and cosmetics and, and high fashion mm -hmm. and everyone now is, you know, wearing sweatpants and, you know, putting a hat on. They're not doing, like, right. what, what is, what has happened to kind of your, like to the market right now? And then what do you expect? You know, like, we just talk about beauty for what the beauty um, world, what do you expect happening when things open up again and you're see, people are seeing people or people are going to the office and, or just going out, you know, frankly, what's going right. to, what's happening right now? Well, the interesting for, for thing for me was my two main businesses, which is Meaningful Beauty, my skincare line, and then Cindy Crawford Home, which is a home furnishings line. Um, I'll talk about Meaningful Beauty first. We have always been a direct-to-consumer company. So where a lot of businesses, when, when stores were shutting down, they had to pivot, we were already positioned direct-to-consumer. So we didn't miss a beat in terms of positioning. Of course, we had some inventory issues because as those channels were having challenges. But, you know, we were able to work through them, I think, in a very um, efficient way uh, in, in terms of also, skincare, I think people, because they were at home, it's right. Why, why put on lipstick? You don't need to do that. But I think they were doing a little bit more self-care and taking care of their skin. So in that way, too, we were um, in, in a business that wasn't um, irrelevant when you're staying at home. Yeah, it's kind of like a small luxury. It was like a small luxury, kind of like pampering yourself. And then yes, also there's funny. also Zoom, right? So people had to look good on Zoom a lot too, right? Yeah. Well, and it's funny because my husband is in the tequila business. He has Casamigos. And we were like, how lucky are we that two of our businesses like thrived during the, the pandemic? Um, but I had the same situation with my, my home line because people were spending more time at home. They were investing more. You know, maybe they weren't taking a vacation, but they were like, let's redo this family room because we're all hanging out here all the time. So I was fortunate in those two ways. But in terms of the beauty and fashion industry going forward, it is challenging. I will say, not so much for my skincare line, but you know, my daughter's a model, and I'm still involved in the fashion world and watching them trying to figure out. And I don't know. And like, look, I'm telling you, I'm never going to go back to wearing like uncomfortable shoes or whatever. Like for my, you know, my feet are forever changed. Um, but I do think the young people are going to want to celebrate once we're allowed to, you know, be out, I think there will be an, like, it will go back to people wanting to get dressed, people wanting to get dressed up and makeup and hair. And I think that will be a great celebration for the fashion and, and beauty industry.
what do you think? What's look going to be? You think is people? Is it going to be somber? Is it going to be like kind of more out there and celebratory? Everyone's talking about the roaring, the, the new roaring twenties once uh, the locks come off the doors. Again, I think that 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 ship maybe has sailed for me. Like I said, I'm not putting on stilettos again unless I have to for a photo shoot. But um, I think for the young people, I do think it might be it might be like like the Roaring Twenties, where it's like, let's celebrate life. Let's celebrate that we're here and we're together and have fun. You know, there were so many, um, and for so many people, look, if you're, if you were worried about paying for groceries and worried about paying for rent, I can't imagine what this last year has been like. And I know that's a lot of people, but even then there were tiny hidden blessings for people, right? Like we got to reevaluate. We were spending more time with our family, um, more time with ourselves. And so I think that I, for one, am not looking like to go back to the way things were. I think it's exciting to see what were the good that came out of this? Where were, do we realize we're wasting time? And then where do we realize like, gosh, we really appreciate our time with our family, with fr- like getting a hug from your friend or going, um, you know, even just sitting at a coffee shop with, you know, with friends. I, I miss that. You know, I took it for granted before. So how, how is your lifestyle going to change after this? Is it more, more, not, is it more local, less travel, maybe less hectic? I think um, one of my lessons that I learned was that I, I've been busy for the last 30 years, right? Like I started working when I was 18 years old and really never stopped um, and then added two kids into the mix. And I know you have kids too, but um, and I, I, I kind of was afraid of this idea of slowing down. I thought, what am I going to do with myself? And what I discovered about myself is I'm fine. So I think now probably the biggest change will, for me will be is I, don't, I won't feel like I have to fill the time. And I will be more judicious about how I choose to commit to things. And then also, like we've just discovered, we get a lot of work done on Zoom calls or conference calls, like all those business trips that we thought we had to do, maybe... Maybe some of those don't have to happen, and, and we will save that money and time and energy for things that feed us. We have a lot of you know, entrepreneurs like yourself you know, watching, and what advice would you have for someone watching, whether they want to get in and kind of shake up the world of maybe it's beauty, maybe it's consumer brands, maybe it's technology. Like what, would you give, what advice would you give you know, yourself when you were 22, like right now? Well, I definitely, I, look, I'm excited for young people, and having this technology it, it creates, uh, you know, so many opportunities, but it, I will go back to this idea of authenticity. Like if you, you should be your own customer. Like if you aren't interested in your product, if you wouldn't be excited to share it with your best friend or your mother or your boyfriend or whatever it is, I would say, look for, look for something else. And I think, you know, my husband's also very entrepreneurial and we both share that. It's like, you have to be your first and most satisfied customer. I think that is a perfect place to wrap it up. Um, well, I great. Thank, I want to thank everyone for watching and thank you, of course, Cindy Crawford for joining us. Um, let's thank kick this you. back. Let's kick this back to Toronto. Thanks for listening. And if you want to hear more about these topics firsthand or you want to let us know what you want to hear, be sure to check us out on any of our social media accounts or visit websummit.com. That's websummit.com.